Before I start this episode, I'd just like to issue a little warning that in this episode I am going to briefly talk about sexual violence. Uh, There is a few scenes in this movie that involve sexual violence against women. I'm not going to delve very deep into them, but they will be discussed briefly. So I'm just giving a warning right now in advance that it is going to be talked about. All right. And without further ado, we are going to talk about the movie Perfect Blue. Um, this movie I have been sitting on for a little bit. I saw this movie about a week ago, and I was going to make my episode earlier, but I've just been kind of sitting on it a little bit. It, um, I was surprised by how much I like this movie. This movie is one of those movies that you just keep thinking about. Um, Perfect Blue came out in 1997. It's directed by Satoshi Kon. Satoshi Kon is a director that I've heard a lot about. This is the first movie that I've seen of his. And it's also the first movie that he made. A lot of people probably know him from the movie Paprika that came out in 2006. And I really need to see that one too. Because after seeing this one, I believe that this is a phenomenal filmmaker. And I definitely need to see more of his work. But Perfect Blue basically... um, is about this pop idol who she kind of gives up her career to become an actress and then she starts going insane because she's getting stalked by this fan and the movie delves more deep into the idea of stardom and the idea of how much we own our um, image It delves more into stan culture. And even though this movie came out 26 years ago, it still feels just as prevalent, if not more so today. Because this movie really delves deep into how the image of the star is a lot different to who the actual person is themselves. Because this stalker is not obsessed with her as a person. He's obsessed with who she is as this pop idol. So when she becomes an actress, he feels like she is essentially shedding that persona. And it makes him so upset that he goes to great lengths in stalking her and threatening her. And making her just feel unsafe and unwell. This movie does a great job at delving deep into insanity and into psyche. And there's a lot of times where throughout watching this movie, you can't tell... If something's really happening or not. There's multiple layers to this movie. I feel like it's almost. It's almost inception like. And it's a fact where you don't know. Are they in reality? Is this thing really happening? Is this character really doing this? And because this movie is like. Part psychological thriller. Part horror. And also I feel in a weird way. It's also a mystery. Because the whole time you're watching this. You're curious how it's going to unravel and how she's going to find out who's doing this um first off i'll get this out of the way the guy that they're setting up as the stalker is one of the creepiest looking dudes i've ever seen in my life they do a great job of just making him look terrifying and hideous and i will say he does not talk that much but i saw the dub version the dub version was the only version showing and I feel like the dub voice went a little bit too far in making it 
a stereotypical, like, nerd, dweeby type guy. It kind of almost took me a little bit out of the movie. But besides that, I felt like the dub was alright. Um, this movie goes far in terms of stalking. This movie, um, yeah, this movie gets very deep and very depressing and very dark. And there's some things that I'm not going to forget about anytime soon. Um, so like I said earlier, she's this pop idol. She becomes an actress and because of this, a lot of people feel like she is kind of stepping away from this persona and becoming something that they don't want her to be. And the stalker's one of them. Um, the stalker has made... The, the stalker's name throughout the movie is called Mr. Me-mania. Uh, the main character's name is Mima, so it's kind of a play on her name. And there's this thing called Mima's Room, which is basically this online forum where people can discuss Mima. And the stalker is pretending to be her in typing out messages as her... So it's kind of playing with the public's um, impression of her. Um, so the stalker not only is pretending to be her, he's faxing messages to her. There's times where he'll send stuff in the mail, like a bomb in the mail. Um, he will stalk and murder the uh, crew involved with making projects for this um for Mima, like, he murders the screenwriter for the, um, acting. He murders one of her agents. And, um, the movie really starts delving deep into how grueling and painful it can be to be an actress when she's taking every role practically to be taken seriously. And one of her agents... Books her for a role that involves filming a rape scene. And this scene, already it would be gruesome to put yourself in that situation where something like that's happening. But because it's a movie, they constantly have to keep pausing and reshooting and refilming everything. And there's a point later on in the movie that calls back to this when Mr. Mania himself tries to force himself onto her and um, be and rape her, essentially. And it flashes back and forth between the filming process of this and what Mr. Mania is doing to her. And it, it almost feels like a bit too much. I get where they were going artistically. I feel like... It's really well done in getting that emotional impact from you. But from the human aspect, I was sitting there being like, we don't... I almost felt like I didn't need to see all this. It felt like a bit too much. It bordered on the line of exploitative in terms of what they were showing. But then it would pull it back a little bit where it wasn't, wasn't too much. This movie is very adult. So, I feel like a lot of people get tricked when they see animated movies and expect it to be more geared more towards younger audiences. This is not that kind of movie. Um, there's definitely sexual violence. You see 
like, physical violence. It can get pretty bloody, especially towards the end. And there's definitely uh, full nudity in this movie. Um, But this movie, I felt, did a very good job in breaking down the psyche and showcasing how just the act of being stalked was slowly breaking her down and making her feel less confident in herself and making her regret her decisions that she had made in transitioning from idol to actress. Um, And then once you reach the climax, I will say the climax to me really shocked me. I'm not going to give it away because it was a very big surprise and I feel like a lot of movies are very predictable. This one came out of left field. I was very surprised and... It's rare that a movie surprises me like this one. So I'm not exactly going to give that away. But also, I forgot to mention that there's multiple times where she will be seeing an image or like, I don't know if ghost is the right word. It'll show up a lot in reflections and you know it's not really there. But also there's a lot of times where outside people will react to it. So it makes you think, is it really there or not? She'll see this image of her pop persona from Mima, um, and it'll basically talk to her saying, this is who you really want to be, I'm the better version of you, that kind of stuff. And through doing this, it kind of makes you question, like, reality, you know? Because, like I said, this movie does such a good job at playing with insanity and playing with the perception of what's real and what's not, and slowly breaking her down because uh, stardom has... It has its pros, but it also has its huge cons, like this movie is is showing. So um, I honestly felt like this movie was a masterpiece. I feel like I haven't heard it talked about that much, even though clearly it's an influential movie. It has inspired... Quite a few movies from what I've heard. I know that um, I know that it was supposedly inspiration for some scenes in Requiem for a Dream. And I know also that um, there have been quite a few movies that take influence from the premise of this movie. Because this movie has a premise that I feel... No matter what culture, they can relate and understand what's going on in this. And also, what I found really interesting about this movie, too, just a little bit behind-the-scenes trivia, is that this movie is based on a book. And when they went to adapt the book into a movie, it was originally going to be live-action. But there were, like, record-breaking earthquakes in Japan at the time. I believe something like 6,000 people died in these earthquakes. And one of the things that was damaged in the earthquakes was the um, was the filming location where they were going to film the live-action version of Perfect Blue. And because of this, they then went to Satoshi Kon and made the animated version. So I think that is pretty cool. And I know later on there was a live-action version made. And I've heard from all accounts that that version's really bad. I know that another movie is supposed to come out by this year. I don't know if that's going to happen, but I'll still go and see it. I'll still go and tell everybody if it lives up to the expectations that this animated one is. Which I doubt. 
But we'll see. Because this movie has made me a fan of Satoshi Kon. And I'm going to have to go and hunt down some more of his movies. I know that there was a fest going on. And that's why Perfect Wood was showing in theaters 26 years later. So I'm wondering if that's still going on. Maybe I'll be able to catch Paprika or his other stuff. But this movie's made a fan out of me. I feel like it is a very dark, depressing movie um, with very touching subject matter. So I feel like it might not be for everybody in that regard. You have to go in with that perspective, expecting it to be a phenomenal movie, but with dark messaging and themes. So Perfect Blue, I think... Is phenomenal. I'm going to give it a 9 out of 10. Uh, Perfect Blue was amazing. I would say go see it. I think it's also on Shudder. So it's obviously out of theaters now. But go see it on Shudder. Um, also I want to give thanks. To everybody who's been supporting me with this channel. Uh, this is something that I do for fun. I like talking about every movie I go and see. And as my friends know too. You can't get me to shut up when it comes to movies. I just love them so much. It's been something that I've been passionate about and really care about for as long as I can remember. And the reason why I'm talking about this right now is as of last night, we just hit 100 views on this channel. It may not sound that big, but it means a lot to me. It really does. I really appreciate everybody for giving this channel a chance. I know it's been a slow start, and I'm still trying to get into the groove of things and make this a little bit better and a little bit more entertaining. I feel like I've definitely improved from when I started, but also it's all thanks to everybody who has been supporting this channel and who has been really just making this all worth it, and I do really appreciate it, and um, thanks especially for that uh, support that I saw on the, um, on the vegan episode I did with Sam. The support for that has been phenomenal, and... I just love you guys so much and thank you.